We're currently in a series called Following Jesus, His Life and Teaching. And uh, each Sunday I'm providing a handout, which you have in your hands. And this handout is not for today. Uh, This handout is what we will uh, be teaching next Sunday. And the uh, goal and the hope is is that you can, during the week, uh, take time, pause in your schedule to connect with God, to connect with His Word, uh, to reflect and consider uh, what's, uh, what's here. A very familiar passage to us, uh, the Samaritan woman. However, I'm confident that if you will give yourself some time to connect with the material that Jesus wants to speak to you about your situation, none of you here are that woman, uh, but within the story are, is an invitation to each one of us. And so I pray and hope that you will uh, pause this week some point in your schedule once, twice, a couple of times, look at the passage. It's a long passage, and if you're up for it, what you, what you might want to do is just kind of take, you know, is there three paragraphs, or how many paragraphs are there this time? Three, three paragraphs, four? Four paragraphs, easier, sort of. Uh, just do a paragraph a day. And take you probably five minutes, three minutes to read it, If that's all you do, that would be great. Read the whole thing every day for a few days or whatever that you can work into your schedule, but to connect with God. And my hope is that our activity of of reading and reflecting during the week and here on Sundays will help us to better understand Jesus, uh, to better understand his life and teaching, and at the same time, to help us to grow in a daily interactive relationship, a companionship with Jesus with one another and his disciples. Let me read you uh, the text from this morning. Again, uh, a lengthier text. Claire and I chatted about this this week. Is, you know, it's a long, these are some long passages, but they're an, an entire story and, and feel like that having the entire story allows us more space to be able uh, to connect with God rather than limiting it. So um, here is uh, the text for this morning. Uh, The next day, John was standing with two of his disciples when he saw Jesus passing by and said, Look, behold, see, the Lamb of God. Two of John's disciples heard him say this and followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and noticed them following him, he asked them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he replied. Come and hang out. So they went, and they saw where he was staying, and they hung out. They stayed with him that day. It was about 10 in the morning. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John and followed him. He first found his own brother, Simon, and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means anointed one, and brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus saw him, he said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which means rock. The next day, he decided to leave for Galilee. Jesus found Philip and told him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip then found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one of whom Moses wrote in the law, Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathanael asked him. Come and see. Come and check it out, Philip answered. Then Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said about him, Here is a true Israelite in whom is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. 
Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you, Jesus answered. Rabbi, Nathanael replied, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus responded to him, do you believe only because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, I assure you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. As the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word, he was standing by Lake Gennesaret. He saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the land. Then he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Master, Simon replied, We've worked hard all night long and caught nothing. But at your word, I'll let down the nets. When they did this, they caught a great number of fish, so great that their nets began to tear. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, Depart from me because I am a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of fish they took, and so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you'll be catching people. Then they brought the boats to land, left everything, and followed him. I've been hearing stories a uh, little bit here, more and there, more and there, that more and more of you have been reading and, and reflecting on these passages each week. And in, uh, as in previous weeks, uh, spontaneously, I want to invite or ask uh, if there's anyone who uh, during the week was reading or reflecting on the passages uh, and would like to share with us uh, perhaps a highlight or something that stood out to you really wanting this to become participative in the way that we're all kind of hanging out together pursuing this. Is there anybody that would be willing to, to share something that you experienced or read this week? Let me give you the mic. You can just stay there. Um, this has become a favorite, and when reviewing it, it just reminded me once again. Um, when I first came to Christ as an adult, uh, I was reading through the Bible, and I came across this scripture, and it said, uh, I saw you under the fig tree. And the Lord reminded me of when I was about eight years old, underneath my grandpa's fig tree, looking at my head and trying to figure out what the spirit was behind the head. And it was like he said, I saw you then. Mm -hmm. I've always known you. Thank you, Alice. That was very special. So, uh, before I continue, let's, let's pray. Let's pause. Papa, thank you for uh, providing to us uh, your word uh, through these uh, men 
that paused in their lives to reflect and journal (laughs) the story of their time with you, Jesus. And Jesus, thank you for your life that uh, is shown here. And though we were, of course, not able to walk with you then, you have still yet invited us to walk with you now. And so we ask that you would do that this morning, that you would be with each of us, that uh, you, Holy Spirit, would bring light and enlightenment, uh, that you would... um, expand our ability to see you, to see uh, in the spiritual, that we could walk, even as Jesus walked, in connected relationship with you, Holy Spirit, following the things and doing the things of the Father. Might we grow in becoming like him? In Jesus' name, amen. As we make our way through Uh, the gospel stories of the life and teaching of Jesus, there's three things that I'm hoping for us to consider and learn. And I'm not necessarily highlighting uh, in our time on Sundays all three of these, but these would be three things that I have a sense of leading that Jesus is wanting for us. The first is, how did Jesus live? What was it that he, how did he live just as a human being? What were the ways that he related to people, that he dealt with tiredness or disappointment or rejection? And then secondly, what were his spiritual practices? We, we began looking at his, his childhood and his youth, and we we're able to see throughout his life, throughout all of these stories, there are practices, that uh, spiritual practices that Jesus is, is applying and is doing and is working in his life unto becoming the kind of person that he became. And so what were those, and, and are, there, are there practices that we can learn, that we too can implement to uh, grow, to become more like him? And then, and then the third would be, what, what is this eternal life that he is inviting us to live? Um, what, what is the, this kingdom of God, this, this rule and reign, this, this aspect of God's spiritual presence in our world today with us, in us, around us? And how do we connect with that? that eternal realm. This morning I want to share with you something uh, that I do uh, when I'm going deeper. Um, sometimes with these passages I'll, I'll follow the pattern of the questions and the reflections as I've provided them to you. And, and then um, I, on additional days I will, I will go deeper and I'll, I'll do additional practices and things that I do. And so here's one that I, want, I do and I'm going to show you some of what that looks like here this morning. And so, bring up the next slide. So here is the first paragraph, so to speak. And, and one of the words that stood out to me when I was reading through this text on, on uh, one of the days was this word follow or followed. And um, it, it, it stood out for the number of times that it was used uh, here in this first paragraph. It doesn't come in the second paragraph, but then it does again in the third. But just let me hide. The two disciples heard him say this and followed. When Jesus turned and noticed them following, he asked them, what are you looking for? They saw where he was staying. They stayed. Stay is, was, for some reason, was highlighted to me that same day. Following and staying were somehow connected. And then uh, Simon Peter, uh, one of the two who had uh, heard John and followed him, 
uh, was, went and kind of talked with some others. And then Jesus, at the end of this paragraph, Jesus somehow sees Philip. We don't see any connection there, but sees Philip now. He's got these other guys hanging out with him. Now he sees Philip and he says, follow me. And then the next paragraph that's up there on the slide, at the very end of that uh, section of material about the, uh, the sermon and then the, the crowd and, and the fishing and the catch and all that, at the very, very end, we see uh, Jesus saying, uh, or the text saying, then they brought uh, the boats to the land, they left everything and, and followed him. So I, we are familiar with that word and we even use that word, are you a follower of, of, of Jesus? But what did that mean for them? And what might that mean for us? And something for you to have a little piece of information about is that it was, it was very common in their uh, culture and in the uh, Israelite religion, within the, the religious realms, for there to be uh, teachers who had been trained in the biblical studies uh, who then would bring to them um, disciples to, or apprentices uh, students to learn from them. And so when Jesus was speaking to these men, th- this wasn't just something bizarre and weird like, follow you, like where, why? No, they knew exactly what he was asking of them. It meant laying down uh, elements of their life, the way they had been living, to set aside time and to hang out and to be with him, as other texts reference, and to learn from him how to become like him. That, that was what he was inviting them to do. And um, uh, notice, if you would, I, these two stories, there's two stories here, and they're separated by some amount of time. The first couple of paragraphs have to do with a time early on, right after Jesus' baptism, where he's kind of meeting these men for the first time. Um, and had some kind of ongoing relationship, but not very significant. We don't know the time span between those two, but there was some. And here now uh, comes an event, and, and Peter doesn't know Jesus very well. He, he met him, right, earlier on, some few weeks ago, a few months ago, not sure how long. Um, and uh, he's not one of the ones who declared you are the Messiah, you are the Son of God. You know, Nathaniel, all these uh, number of others declared these amazing things about who Jesus was. If you read that text and reflect on it, Peter isn't one of those who said anything. It just says that Jesus spoke to him. And Jesus spoke to him and directed and said things about him. But um, at this point now, there is uh, an abruptness with this question, well, are you going to, are you going to come? Could Jesus have asked them previously and they declined? I don't know. We don't have that story. It really doesn't matter. But they didn't decline here. And to follow him was not just simply, yeah, great, I'll see you next Sunday. To follow Jesus was to set aside elements. They laid aside their work. Two of these guys were in business with their dad, and they walked away from their dad. One of the people in my group on Tuesday nights, on Tuesday nights I've got uh, four people that come over, and we talk about this story together, what they've read and what they experienced. Very, very fun. I'm very appreciative to have them, and they often help me write my sermon, which is very cool. 
but anyway, uh, one of them uh, pointed out the fact, uh, or it just sort of it stood out to them that when they walked away and they left everything, that included two boats that were full of fish. And, and the person who was sharing that said, well, I sure hope that, I guess the town probably ate real well that night. <laughs> but w- there's, there's, there's things in between. There's, there's lines in between the story that if we will allow ourselves to invite the Holy Spirit, invite Jesus as we read these texts during the week, that he is able to lead you and guide you into all truth. That's what Jesus says in John 14. So we don't need to be, in my opinion, we don't need to be afraid of the scriptures and somehow that we're going to misinterpret them or we're going to, you know, I don't know very much about the Bible, so I really shouldn't, you know, I can't read a whole lot and I can't, I don't want to think too much because, you know, I might get it wrong. Well, if you do, guess what? God will help you. And the community might come alongside and help. You come and share, wow, you know what I got this week? I got that Jesus wants every one of us to quit our jobs and to just meet with him every day at church for eight hours. You got that? Yeah, I heard that from God. Based on this passage, when he said, follow, we're supposed to, you know, let's talk about that some more. We, we, it's all right. I, I don't think any of you are going to go off on the deep end. There have been people, there are people who go off in the deep end, no question about it, but trust God. Trust the Holy Spirit to help you. Invite Him. When you pause, if you're just reading it, cool, pause first. Jesus, would you, God, Father, whoever you want to talk to, they're all three available. They use the same phone line. Would you help me to understand? What what do you want to show me today? You don't need to interpret or have theological understandings about the whole text. Just, Holy Spirit, what do you want to show me today? Just right now. What do you want to highlight for me? Follow. Wow. What does that mean for me? What are you saying? Oh, that I haven't been following you very well. Okay. What can I do? Listen to you. Like, you mean like, what? Like, listen to you? Like you're going to talk? No. I talk to my people. My sheep hear my voice. So, I, I, this is scary. It was scary for me. It's still scary for me. But it is the way that God wanted to provide to us these words. Not to become a book on the shelf that we pull off. It's a rule book or it's even a guidebook or a manual. You know, you buy, I bought a new car garage door opener not long ago. Oh my gosh, the pieces in that thing were like crazy. Little tons of little nuts and bolts and this strap thing and these, oh my gosh. I, I couldn't figure it out. It was just too much. So I got out the, hand, the manual. I went, oh, that goes to that, and that goes to that. Okay. The Bible's not that. But it's like that. 
We got all these pieces of our life. We got our relationships, we got our family, we got work, we got our car, we got our wants and desires. Yeah, I don't have much written down today, if you hadn't noticed that. I have a few things. Trying something. Anyway, this means I won't get through most of the material. So I'm going to pause there. Following. What does it mean to follow Jesus? Here's a passage from Matthew 16, 24 to 25. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. Those are the words of Jesus. They're in red in your Bible if you have the red letters. That means Jesus said that. Last week we learned, or a couple weeks ago, we learned that, that what Jesus says is true. And we talked last week a little bit about that what Jesus says, we probably would be helped and benefited if we would do it. At least some. So here Jesus is talking about following. It's kind of a clear passage, sort of, right? If anyone would follow me. Anyone here want to follow Jesus? Don't raise your hand if you don't want to. <laughs> you may not like what it says. If anyone would follow me, he must, what's the word there? Deny. Anybody like the word deny themselves? I don't like the words deny myself. Take up their cross. I don't like crosses. They have something to do with dying. And follow. So I think what I'm going to do is we're just going to end the sermon right here. That's it. And this week I want you to practice this. I'm kidding. Slightly. There's your homework. There's a spiritual practice. Every time you think about doing something that you want to do, ask God, God, do you want me to do that or am I to deny myself that? Oh, I need to buy that thing on Amazon. Oh, yeah, I've been wanting that new case for my new cell phone I'm getting. Oh, not today? Oh, not at all? You mean you like, you, you, you want me to deny myself? Oh my gosh, God, give me a break. Okay, Jesus did not mean that we should nail one another to crosses and die, right? We okay that one on that theological interpretation there? But he does mean something. Does he mean something? I know that the, the biggest part of the process of my life from a young teenager who came to Christ to even now is this thing of laying down what I want, the world the way I want it. That's what he's talking about. Second one. Second words. Next slide. I, I was uh, fascinated by um, 
the, the words here having, that spoke of being found. Uh, they stood out to me. Text. Seeking and finding is, is in this passage, but it's even broader than that. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then another verse that we're going to look at in a minute. There's a lot of verses in the scriptures about seeking and finding. There's parables about a pearl and, and a field. And here, this first question for Jesus. You know, if you had read this this week, uh, uh, actually, I'll, uh, Clara, this, on one morning when Clara was working on this, that was the phrase that stood out to you. What are you looking for? And, and she sensed God saying, Clara, what are you looking for? Great spiritual question to ask ourselves. What is it we're looking for? What is it we want to find? What is it we want to attain? When we want that thing that we're sensing, I really need to not pursue, that I need to deny myself this in this situation for, for some leading from God that I'm, I'm to deny myself. What is it that I'm looking for with that thing? And what can this outcome be to deny myself that? Well, a simple thing that that does is simple discipline. If we have uh, an addictive pattern of shopping, we have no restraint. And we will turn to, in the market and the Amazon and the wherever you shop, and we will be buying and buying and buying whatever we want. I've struggled with that. Not everything, but just this pattern of sort of unrestrained purchasing. I know some of you that have struggled with that. And I know some of you, I don't know, I know that some of you do and you haven't told me. But that's okay. That's a great, you could go home today and work on that one. All right, so. We, all these things, these people kept, you know, people were finding the Messiah. They, were, they went and found their brother. They brought him to them. Found, go to the next slide. Um, uh, so th that's, yes, right. That's the next one. There's a couple more of those. We found Philip. This one, I just want to. So as the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word. That, that sounds like seeking to any of you? Pressing in to hear God's word. Would that every one of us would experience that every day. That we would become a people with a desire and a passion to press in to hear God's word. And I'm not just talking about, and probably primarily not talking about, the Scripture. My sheep will hear my voice. I know it's scary and there can be some trouble, but God wants to speak to you in your mind, in your being, for you to hear His words, His direction. You know, I've been journaling now for the last bunch of years, and at the, at the end of most of my days, not all, but on the end of most of my days, I have this little question, what do you want to say to me? And I journal that. And it was really hard. The first 
year or two was just hard. I just, gosh, is this really God or is this just me making up words in my head? And I tell you, to this day, I walk by faith. By faith, I choose. I make a choice to believe that's God. And honestly, 85% of the time, he's just saying, I really love you. I think you're awesome. I'm proud of you. Let me help you. That's kind of what made me think it wasn't God. I mean, that's... If I was God, that's not what I would be telling me. I'd say, get your act together. Let's work on it. You got a problem over here. We're going to have to deal with this. All right, back off, Randy. You got too much of that wanting the thing. You know, that's shopping things again. That's not what he does with me. I, I think we're a lot more easy here. I think we're a lot more like little toddlers who really don't, really don't get it and really don't know. And, and, you don't, you know, spank and scold toddlers because they reached up for the glass, you know, bulb on the Christmas tree. You know, I don't know what age it is where you can't really, you know, they just, glittering things. Human beings like glittering things. Stop it! Get away from there! Are you kidding? I, I, I... I think that's a nice thing that God treats us that way. Anyway, seeking and finding. What does it mean to continue to seek and press in on Jesus? One passage, Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks or everyone who keeps on asking... It's a progressive, whatever kind of a verb form it is there. Everyone who asks, keeps on asking, receives. He who keeps on seeking, finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be opened. There are three spiritual practices right there. Seeking, asking, and knocking. And the reason why we have to keep doing those things is so that we can be changed. God's not just being mean and holding back. Claire and I are working in the yard. I don't know what, what, what we were doing at some point like that. I was, shove, I was doing something, right? Pick and shovel work. And so, oh my gosh. We had a... I don't have time for that. Anyway, I'm, I'm like, finally said... Holy Spirit, would you help me? And he goes, I'm so glad you asked. And I thought, dang, that's right. I, I don't demand Clara to do things. I don't expect her to do things if I don't let her know what, what I'm looking for her help with. That's what this is talking about. It's talking about a relationship. All right, seeing and noticing. Last week in our story with Jesus and Nicodemus, I've got notes for this. Uh, Jesus spoke of seeing and entering the kingdom of God. Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. And last week, we kind of focused on the being born part, tended to out of that material. But uh, this week, I want sort of to notice these, these words, see and enter. I know it's from last week, but 
You know, I can't always get everything in. Um, and the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, listen to me, the kingdom of God is where God's will and desires are expressed. They are where God's activity occurs. Think of a king. Just think of, a, think of anybody that's ruler, he's a CEO, whatever. Their kingdom is where they, what they want done gets done. Right? It's where they're acting. It's, you know, Kevin's a VP at a cool company, and, and, and where he is, he has a kingdom there. They would never use that. That's politically, so politically incorrect. But he does. He has an area that he has oversight. He's a steward. Find all kinds of words. And when Kevin wants something done, it gets done. Because he has people he's reporting to who have told him what his job description is, which is to get some things done. God has things he would like done. And he wants to use you and me to do it. In a similar way, our kingdom is where our will and desires are expressed, where my activity occurs. I described last week that seeing and entering the kingdom of God, should be a slide for this, means the ability to perceive and participate in the eternal realm of God, now present in and around us, into which Jesus invites us to live in the future, but also right now. Seeing and entering the kingdom is the ability to perceive, to see, to recognize, to sense and participate in God's eternal realm, the spiritual realm that's around us. That's what Jesus is talking about. That's what he's wanting us to do every day of our lives, to see and enter. It's not a one-time. Entering the kingdom of God wasn't when you prayed a prayer. Entering the kingdom of God is like going to work. It's like going home. It's like coming to church. You're entering in. It's the daily act of being involved in the, the realm of God, the, the things of God that God wants done. Though we are born, this, this seeing and entering requires birth into the spiritual realm, and it's the same thing that Jesus describes when he talks about eternal life. So how do we learn to see, enter, walk in, and live in the eternal realm of God? Well, we start by learning to see. And that seeing is primarily seeing in the spiritual rather than the natural. I've got a long description of an example of that that I am not going to share with you from my own life. Let's look at uh, the statements from our, our story. Next slide, please. First paragraph. When he, Jesus, saw, when he saw Jesus passing by, John said, look, which is the word behold, see. Jesus asked, what are you looking for? It has to do with seeing. But he's not talking about what are they seeing. What, are you, what do you wish to see? What are you looking for? They, he answers their question, you know, they, they say, well, where are you staying? Come and see. So they went and saw. Next, next paragraph. Can anything good have Nathaniel's talking. No, that, back up. One more. That one. Uh, 
Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Daniel, Daniel, uh, Nathaniel asked him. Philip said, hey, come and see. Heard that before? He's now talking like Jesus. Kind of happens that way sometimes. You, you tend to talk it like the person you hang around with. Jesus saw Nathaniel. Uh, Jesus speaks to Nathaniel and, and talks, tells him a, a prophetic word about having seen him under the fig tree. We don't know all that's, what that meant, but Nathaniel sure knew what he meant. But this, look at this, do you believe only because I told you I saw you that I gave you a prophetic word? Truly, you will see greater things than this. Then he said, I assure you, you will see heaven opened. May I say that Jesus is wanting you to see those things too? That's not just for Nathaniel, nor for the 12, nor for the early church. God wants you to begin to see in this spiritual realm. As we continue with these stories of, of Jesus' life and ministry, be on the lookout for this element of participating in the spiritual through seeing, sensing, and hearing with your imagination. And with all that in mind, I want to do the last section. should be able to do this fairly quickly. This, I want to look at the very last paragraph again, and I, I want to highlight for us the connection between seeing, hearing, faith, and action. The, the text again, but we'll just leave it up there. So the story is here, the storyline is the crowd's pressing in, Jesus is by the lake, and um, Jesus sees two boats. Jesus is, is trying to do the things of the Father. He's, he's kind of walked in. It's morning time more than likely, not late afternoon. The guys have just come in from fishing all night. So this is probably a morning scene. And, uh, and Jesus is kind of there, you know. He doesn't really have a plan for the day because he just kind of does what he, the Father tells him to do. So he's kind of looking around. Maybe he's done a little bit of healing. And, and he's, he's, okay, God, what are you doing? Holy Spirit, what are we doing today? And he sees two boats. And in that natural eye seeing comes an understanding, oh, you know, if I climb into one of those and go out on the water, my voice will carry further. Great idea, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Peter, buddy, would it be okay with you if, if maybe like I, you know, if, if you push, you let me work from your boat. So Jesus got in the boat and so did Peter and a couple of his guys. I don't know if maybe, they, I don't know why. We don't know. I don't know enough about fishing and fishing in that way. But anyway, Jesus, and so then, then Jesus teaches for a while. Well, what was Peter and his guys supposed to be doing? They were working. They just stopped working because Jesus said, can you push the boat out? I need to use your boat for a minute. But he doesn't leave. He, it, Jesus isn't there alone. They're, they're, they're managing the boat. So Jesus finishes his sermon, says it's noon, it's 10 to noon, it's time to go. And, and he looks around him and he sees the nets and maybe he has the information. That I know he probably does have the information and he didn't catch anything. I hadn't thought about that. The beach is empty. There's no fish on the beach. So in the natural, Jesus could know that he hadn't caught anything. 
So Jesus has some initiation from the Holy Spirit, in my opinion, that's what I think. Some initiation to the Father is at work here, and they nudge Jesus, and Jesus obeys and responds to them, and he says, this time he doesn't ask, hey, Peter, would you like to? He says, Peter, put out to deeper water, lower your nets for a catch. It's directive. He didn't say, let's go fishing, because fishing doesn't catch fish most of the time, at least not in Texas, at least not when I'm running the rod. (laughs) I like catching. I don't know about you. I like going catching. I don't like going fishing. Uh, Peter likes going catching too. He's going to let us know. So, So, okay, so here's Peter, professional fisherman. He spent all night fishing. They caught nothing. He's discouraged. He maybe is mad. He's tired, he's hungry, he's grumpy. Halt. There, he's got all four of them. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, if you, don't worry about it. It's an acronym for when you shouldn't engage in relationships. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. He's all of those. So it makes sense that his response to Jesus is a pushback. Plus, he's a, a, a deep personality. If, if you know the disc, he's, yeah. Okay, he pushes back against this word for a catch. And he says, look, we're the professional fishermen. We've caught nothing. The fish weren't here. They're not here. It's the wrong time of day. Okay, but at your word, I'll let down the net. How much faith do you think Peter had? I think he had zero. Little to none. But he acts. Jesus said, and he did. He did it. Pushed out. They lowered the net, and boy, was there a catch. What was the outcome? A super abundant catch of fish, greater than what was humanly possible on their own. Peter and his crew the night before had caught nothing. All their skill, effort, desire, knowledge, dealing with something, they can't control the fish, right? The, the, the lake is their kingdom, but not below the water. They could not control catching or not catching. And all of their efforts caught them nothing. It's the wrong time of day, against all odds, but at Jesus' words, they act. And the outcome of Jesus' words, their action, God's action with them produced superabundance, way beyond what human effort alone could produce. So how much faith did Peter have? Little to none, but enough that he acted on the words of Jesus. Sounds a little bit to me like the faith the size of a grain of mustard seed. A little tiny bit. Enough to act. Think about Noah being told about rain, a flood, for him to build a big boat. Did he believe or understand about the rain and the flood? Probably not. Did he have great faith? Probably not. Did he have any faith? Yeah, he acted. He had enough to obey. And when he acted, God acted, and there then was an ark, a family saved and this miraculous multitude thing. 
you, you, some of you may not believe in the flood and all that. Most of you probably do, or at least you want to. But it's, it was an amazing thing that happened. Way beyond what a human being alone could do. Abraham being told to go make a sacrifice to God on the mountain to take Isaac, but they didn't take any animals with them. Did he have great faith? Probably not. But did he have faith? Yes, he, took enough, he had enough faith to act. And when he acted, God acted with him. And a great lesson was learned about God and his faithfulness. How about the father taking his son who had frequently uncontrollable seizures? He went to Jesus, hoping and praying that Jesus could do something for the boy. When describing his son's condition, the father said, if, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. This guy's been doing this for years. He's been ha- dealing with an, uh, a handicapped child, seizures, cutting himself, chewing on his tongue. Think about it. Bring up the story. For years. He's desperate. They've tried everything. He, he cannot control it. It's not within his control and power as a father to save his son, to heal his son. This brings him to Jesus. If you can do anything, please, please take pity on us. If you can, all things are possible for him who believes. I believe, but help my unbelief. Because I'm really not that sure if you're going to heal him. How much faith did the father have? Enough to bring the son to Jesus. Another story. (laughs) What happened with Peter that day in the boat was a clear example of human effort alone. The night before, human effort caught nothing. While spirit-led, empowered human activity, acting with God, is able to accomplish much, much more than what human effort alone could produce. One other statement. In those stories, Noah, Abraham, the father, Peter, It seems to me in thinking about this that some faith, little faith, sometimes looks more like obedience and simple responding to Jesus' words than what we think of as faith. To act. I wonder what situation or difficulty you're facing might be one that's somewhat relatively new, might be something that's not too big deal, or it might be something you've been dealing with a long time. I wonder if you and I were to ask God what He would want to say to us about that situation. And we were willing to risk listening, hearing, and acting what might happen in that situation or difficulty. I think we often think of prayer as asking God to do something for us. But what I'm learning is that God desires to do something with 
us. God, help me. Help you what? Help me with this project at work. Okay? Why don't you try this? God, would you, my, my daughter, she's a wreck. Would you please fix her? Um, how about we do that together? And your part might simply to be pray for a while. Maybe you need something aligned to where together God and you can do something. I, don't, don't feel burdens here. And I think maybe I've just misled us down that path. Think with expectation. Think with a little bit of faith that God loves you, that he wants good for you, See, we've got to come back to the love of God. Either God is the God of love who wants to help us and wants to be with us and wants to take care of us, or he's the big mean bully up there in the sky and he can't be trusted because, you know, he's going he, to get me so that I'll do something for him. I don't think so. But we live that way. So I want you just to pause for a moment. I want you to think about your life. I want you to reflect back on this last week. Where was a, a situation, a time when you were discouraged, you were disappointed, you were hurt, you were sad, you were mad? I want you to find a negative circumstance, just for a moment. Find that. Some kind of incident, little or big, doesn't matter. And now I want to ask you to trust, to have faith in God and a little bit in me. And I want you to ask God the question, what do you want to say to me about that? I'd like you to form the words in your mind, in your imagination, and I'd like you to form the words on your own to God, to the Father, the Son, or the Spirit, or all three. doesn't matter. What do you want to say, say to me about that incident from this week? Go.
Papa, I'm uh, mindful that uh, most of my life I have acted according to my own effort alone. And every day I do that in so many ways. I just do what I do. Just going through my day and get up, dress, get my stuff together, go to work and work. And I do it without you. But that's not how you created us to be. You created, created us as receptacles for you to be the power plant in our life. There's nothing you have asked us to do. There's nothing that we face that it's your plan for us to do it on our own. Not a thing. Would you help us learn to put into practice inviting you to help us in the circumstances, daily circumstances of our life? Would you help me as I drive to work to not be so critical of other drivers? Would you empower me to be a kind driver that helps others get in who want to get in? I think we believe, sort of, a little bit that you want to help us. So would you help us figure out what that looks like to act as if you are helping us? To count, to count on it. To begin to live with a expectancy, a, a faith, a, a belief. A, a mindset that you're with me at all times, that you're with us, that you're available 24-7, no call center, no waiting on hold, immediate access for anything we need. And you're not a magic wand, you're a person who knows what's best, who knows all things. Jesus, you're the, you're the smartest human being that's ever lived. You know how to do things. You know how we should do things. Would you lead us into interactive, communicative relationship with you on a daily basis? That's what Adam and Eve had, and that's what was lost and has now been found through what you did, Jesus, for us a restored relationship in a similar way that Adam and Eve had it. Uh, completely similar, because we live in a fallen world and we are sinful, but similar in that we have been created as receptacles of your power and presence in us, called the Holy Spirit. Fill us. Fill us. Live in us. Empower us to do your will. Not my will, not our will, but your will be done. Jesus, all this, according to you, let it be so.
That, that's what amen means. I told you that last week. We use amen for those of you who weren't here. Amen uh, is the word Jesus said when he said truly, truly. He said amen, amen. And what he was saying was, it is so. So at the end of our prayer, we shouldn't be saying goodbye. Or out. What's, what, what if, what's the word on a radio? Out? No. Over and out. Over and out. That's what amen is. Stop saying amen. And start saying, let it be. Let it be so. What I just prayed, let it be so. Well, let it be your heart. And if it's not your heart, if it's not your will, then cool. Don't let that be so. But I'm not in control. I want it so. I want what you want. Change it to God. Let it. You do it. I don't know. Find something. I'm sorry. I lost you. Another sermon. Bye. Have a great week. If you would like prayer or to talk with somebody, some of us will be up here and happy to do that. Take some time to connect with the story for next week.